0: From Glitch HQ on Riverside Avenue in well-tempered melodical Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Martha McGarry, and I make nice games. I'm Stephen McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Martha Croy, I too make nice games. On this interview episode, we welcome musician and educator Troy Strand to talk about writing music for indie games, and more broadly, what it's like to work on a game that isn't your own. And so, if everyone is ready,
1: let's start. All right, Troy. Troy? Introduce yourself to our listeners. Well, hi. Thanks for having me. My name's uh, Troy Strand. I teach music here in the Twin Cities. I uh, write video game music, and I um, teach in other things like robotics and woodworking and lots of cool things. And
0: you're a musician mm-hmm. for indie games. Yeah. And that is a super big deal to me. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I, I don't know, I think people around me are probably tired of hearing me say it, but I'm surprised how many musicians are game musicians and that is their main focus. Yeah, and that is like something that they put a lot towards because it seems—I don't know—it just seems magical. Yeah, <laughs> well, I
1: thought it would be less saturated than it is, uh-huh. but there's a really big community. Uh, I didn't really learn how many there were until I went to GDC a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and it's just like this giant, really fun, supportive community of competitors. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> is there a lot of competition then? Like, I mean, do you you snipe each other for work?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's we do but we try to be nice about it uh-huh. it's, I mean it's a big community but it's really tight and so if one person right. like snags something else and is a jerk about it then right you you all have know. collective memories oh yeah where it gets around right. That's <laughs> cool. um, it's
0: pretty good so maybe we'll talk a little bit about the process sure like um, what's the step one like how do you how do you make that contact
1: uh, to with like a, with a developer yeah yeah um, yeah, I'm still trying to figure out the answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've had some really good working relationships with Twin Cities game developers. Uh, and those came from going to IGDA meetings, mm-hmm. um, uh, International Game Developers Association. And um, just out of my first gig, I just met a guy who was eating pizza in the same place that I was. And he was like, Oh, I'm working on a game and it's kind of Celtic in nature. Do you do any like Celtic style music? And I said, Yeah. And then I bought a book on Celtic style music. (laughs) Should have talked to Martha about that one.
2: We didn't know each other at the time. It's fine. So it's
1: just a matter of, um, I mean, I don't want to say fake it till you make it, but it's uh, being confident in your ability to learn those new things, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Because, I mean, as a game composer, I have to wear a ton of different hats. Um, Yeah. You know, I. A lot of orchestral stuff. My background is in classical music Mm -hmm. um, and traditional music education, but having to do electronic and having to do um, like horror kind of stuff, you know, I kind of had to jump in and learn it all. So, um, but as far as as meeting developers go, it it's just uh, being friendly and being somebody that's like nice, you know. (laughs) know About, but that's really what it is. Is um, I learned that it's less about trying to find work than it is about just trying to make some friends. Oh, okay, you know, and sure. making games with people you want to want to work with. Yeah, that's cool. Um,
2: so it sounds like though you kind of have to take, you have to be really flexible with whatever jobs you end up getting, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: just did whatever they could. Be up. Because yeah, it sounded
2: like you just had a wide variety of the kind of things, right? You said horror games and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's awesome. Um, so it, it, it sounds uh, so basically like the the main thing is just to find. To find those connections. How do you find those connections? Where do you go to find those connections?
1: Um, So local meetups um, was where I went for for those ones. I've done some work on some game jams Mm -hmm. um, here in the Twin Cities and, you know, not like um, non-local game jams where you kind of do things online. Um, Those didn't really go anywhere into like real purchasable games. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's, I mean, meetups like, like I said, like game jams. Um, Global game jam is a really fun one to work on. Uh, I've done that twice. And had a lot of fun with those, um, but then just I don't know trying to get on like TIG Source, which is the independent game source. Mm. Um, there's a community there that I've heard about, but it's just full of people like plugging their portfolios, and so <laughs> I just it's mm-hmm. it's noise there. Um, and so I've tried to uh, just kind of comment on people's games, like, "Hey, this looks really cool. I really like the art. Um, can you tell me about the story? Can you tell me about your process?" Um, those conversations are maybe going somewhere. Okay. Um, but okay. yeah, it's, I mean, it's all a matter of like, it's an investment, you know, yeah. it's just, it's time and it's conversation, which is fun. But if it doesn't go anywhere, it kind of gets, I don't know, <laughs> I get
2: tired. I suppose <laughs> those connections would potent, could potentially lead to work in the future either way. Yeah. So it's worth it. It's worth the investment.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, the game that I'm working on right now, Verdant Skies, uh, that came from just being friends with the developers, um, having a relationship with them and playing games together and then uh, that turned into, hey, we're actually working on a game and we'd like you to make some music for it. And I said, great. Uh, but it wasn't a com- a conversation at first saying, I make music. Can I make music for your game? It was, mm-hmm. hey, I'm Troy. I also make music. Uh, let's play, you know, well, not Overwatch because that wasn't out at the time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all you can think of right now. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's from conversation, you know, and it's because. Um, In my opinion, anybody who works hard enough can make good enough game music. Um, Anybody that you meet that can make the music can make good enough music for your game. It's just a matter of who you want to work with. Uh, And you might luck out, and it's the perfect fit. And if you're not lucky, chances are it's still going to be good enough. Um, Very rarely is somebody going to just be an awful fit. Um, But hopefully one or both of the parties can say it at that point. Uh, and just say, you know what, this we we tried, it didn't work out, and that's your style is great, but not for this. Uh, but if you're if you're just somebody that's fun to work with, that is willing to um, be a professional and meet a deadline, I mean, I don't know. That's my advice for anybody who's like trying to get into game music, because um, I'm fortunate enough to teach a camp every summer at McPhail Center for Music for composing for video games, oh, cool. um, which is just my favorite week of the year. <laughs> um, but those kids, I'm just like, yeah, I. Be nice, be friendly. Um, I had a student this year who, or in the summer last year, who was working on. Um, we were just kind of trying to find games on Tig Source that they could like make, you know, as like an ex- an exercise in making music for a game that they didn't choose, um, like the idea themselves. Uh, and so one of the kids was working on a game called Cat Quest, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and he actually was able to like, I, I they're in negotiations for actually putting some of his music in their game. Which is oh, really cool. He's wow. like, I really like your game. It's cute. And I think this music could really match. What do you think? And they were like, cool. Because I said, just like reach out and say that this is what we're doing. We're at this camp. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily put it in the game, but just, you know, I really like what you're doing. And this is cool. And I'm in indie too. Uh, and I just ended up working for him.
0: Nice. So, oh. When you work with developers who you form those relationships with, um, what do you find when you start actually Getting to work with sure. them. like uh, do, what what ignorances do they have and what ignorances do you have about each other's processes? Yeah,
1: um, it's different for everyone. Mm-hmm. from From my perspective, um, I try to speak a language that they can understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I studied music for six years in college and grad school, and I know a lot of like the really technical stuff that doesn't translate to the average non musician. And so but but an education background, that's my job is to take people from not knowing that to knowing that. And so applying that to the developers that I work with and almost teaching them music terms um, while not trying to sound like a know-it all <laughs> is kind of what I view my role as. Um, but as a musician in general, I've always felt that music is a service to other people and to a community. Um, and so being a musician, I'm fortunate enough to play for people's enjoyment, play for rituals that people value a lot, like weddings and religious services. Um, and, so, and game music is no different. It's, it's serving what the developer needs. Mm. Um, and hopefully the developer knows what the audience wants um, and we can work together to make sure that it's, it's serving that exact need. Um, so a lot of it comes from me um, trying a few different things and saying, um, does this work for you? If it does, great. If it doesn't, I can I can try it this way. Um I always try to present at least three options for a developer on at least the first couple of tracks that they're they're imagining. Mm-hmm. Um cuz otherwise they they could say, "Well, I don't like that. What else can you do?" And then I have to completely start over again. Sure. Mm-hmm. Whereas if there's more than one, they can say, "I like this about this, but I don't like this. What if you had more like this? Like than the second one." Okay. So a lot of it's just that, like like that communication of of multiple options for them.
2: Mm-hmm. I like the way that you described writing music as like developing uh, for a service. Yeah. Like you're providing a service for people, but like it's, it's 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 an important service. The way that it was, it's like an emotional thing that people can yeah that they can feel from this uh, from the music. I think that's I think that's wonderful. Thanks. <laughs> when developers are working with you, do they give you like? Do you find that they give you specific like? I want it to sound like this piece of music here or do or give you like, I want it to feel happy in this part or what, yeah. what do you usually get? There are feedback? a couple
1: of different things. Um, they'll, some of them will say, you know, I've got this whole playlist that I, you know, have been listening to as I've been developing or doing, you know, art kind of like storyboarding and stuff like that. Um, so can you try to match this? That to me is easier. Um, I just try to find every excuse to. I say cut corners, but it's not to be lazy, but just to like, get right to it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, when I was trying to find my my compositional voice in college, I would really like resist writing in a key signature. I thought that was like so old fashioned, <laughs> um, but then I realized that it like it forces you to be creative and to work within some constraints. And so, mm-hmm. if I can take as many of those constraints from them as possible. Um, I will. I'll I'll ask for um, as many pictures as I can, movies, um, obviously stills and movies and gameplay from the game. If I can get a build, that's perfect, uh, and then I can play with it. Uh, If I can get um, like a a Unity build, I know enough with Unity where I can actually plug some sounds in um, and see what it's like in the gameplay. But if they just have video or or, or images from the game, that's perfect. If it's still all in their mind and they don't quite have it on, on paper yet, um some of their like inspirational art really helps a lot um i yeah it's just as much of um, cuz moo i mean my first game that i worked on was really nice cuz it was all about different seasons uh, It was a druid's duel for um pc and mac mm-hmm. and so he had like six different seasons that were based off of like celtic lore which is really cool uh but in in addition to just like colors and images there were like Moods associated with them like different festivals that were you know traditional and Celtic lore and so like taking those things and then looking at um, just kind of artwork and getting kind of engrossed in that that culture was really fun for me um, and then I just bought like it was like a 1500 Celtic melodies and the ones with the flutes the, the ones with the flats I played on my flute and the ones with the sharps I played on my violin because <laughs> I'm not that good at either one of those um, but really, enough to like you really could have used Martha at that point I know <laughs> Yeah, and so it's just it was a lot of fun to um, just kind of get into that headspace and like I don't know like learn something new and that's what I try to do with um, with every game that I work on is learn like a new style or a new genre. Um, I did a little bit of like basic reggaeton for um, Verdant Skies right now mm-hmm. and some jazz, which I've I've played jazz for years. Um, but it's just it's cool. I don't know. It's it's always an opportunity and it's always just such a treat for me. Does not feel like work? <laughs> <laughs> what
2: what what jazz instrument do you play?
1: Uh, bass trombone.
2: Ooh, is my main one. So, bass <laughs> trombone. I yeah. haven't heard that in a in the piece before.
1: Oh yeah. Well, I mean, if you heard a big band, you've heard it. It's just supporting all the love. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just right. Just playing along <laughs> with the string bass. Okay. Um, the makings of a jam session, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I
2: play bass clarinet. I haven't right. played it jazz before, but I just play sure. bass clarinet. That would be kind of fun. Yeah. And we get some flute action
1: going. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Oh, no, I, yeah. I think my last count uh, to like a high school freshman level, uh-huh. I think I could play 17 instruments. Wow. wow. That's good. Yeah. Not, so do you, no, I was going to say I wouldn't like charge anybody money to listen to me play the trumpet or anything. <laughs> I'm like, okay, bye. As a composer, is that important to have
0: that breadth of knowledge? Because I, I know that when I write music, I, I know a number of instruments from like, I'd say middle school level, yep, and um I feel that gets me far enough to like write. You know, in MIDI especially. Yeah. Um, but uh, do you find that it gives you just the extra,
1: just to, to know the physicality of those instruments? And yeah, I think that there's just a realism that comes from knowing that this would be playable. Sure. Because, uh, I mean, all these instruments, the like sample libraries will stop you when it goes too high for a trumpet. Right. Uh, but it's just not a realistic thing for a trumpet player to play screeching high mm-hmm. without breathing for like right. 40 seconds.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, and there's just the realism that's missing there. If mm-hmm. you're not accustomed to what those things are. Uh, and so, being able to utilize that and say, and, and trying to play it on an instrument like, would I be able to do this? Probably not. So I should throw in some <laughs> breath marks there and right and right. build that into the the MIDI performance. If okay, I'm not using sure, a live sure. instrument, mm-hmm. uh, it still works in MIDI really well.
0: Is that devotion to realism? That or at least that consideration of realism is that something that you find difficult to do in games music? Because I know that the I'd say the
1: hallmark of games music is rule breaking. Sure. Right. I. I will admit that it is easy to ignore, uh-huh. just because like <laughs> I don't know if there's not a breath in the trumpet line in the thing that's behind all the battle music, nobody's going to notice. I'm say, "Listen to this podcast," and then <laughs> you know, listen later. They uh, will now. <laughs> yeah, first
2: um, <but laughs> ruined all game music forever.
1: <laughs> 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 uh, no, it's just like I I try to um, when I'm at that point in the, in the compositional process where I can start to take some time away from it and then go back and listen with a critical ear um, for, you know, what works and what doesn't, if it's too long, if it's not long enough, if there's not enough development. Um, yeah. And so it's not something that I think about the very first time mm-hmm. um, because there's just so much you could do right. if you had the time in the world yeah. to do it. Um, Cause it's, I don't know. I know that this is a. It's just a thing that creative people all experience, but there's just not enough time to right, right. do all the things you want to do. Yeah, like a published game to the developer is probably like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I made that. Like, because <laughs> five years later, like you're so much better, at your craft, and you're like, Ugh, that's that game. Yeah, <laughs> so that's how. I mean, that's how I feel about music. Um, sure, and I'm proud when I when I publish it and I and it's out there. But then I always am thinking. This could have been so much better. (laughs) But that's how we all are. Yeah, 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 for sure.
2: I know I'm like that with with games, like games I have worked on.
0: Yeah, when you, I mean, the way you talk about that creative process, I mean, this is probably not a surprise to a lot of our listeners, but like it's used the same language and the same ideas that all creative endeavors Mm -hmm. have about working inside constraints and like the resources you have available and, Mm -hmm. you know, faking it a little bit. Like all of that. (laughs) It's uh, it's relatable in in a way. But uh, it's interesting because music. In games is always. I mean, there's a lot of people who work in games who do a lot of parts of them, right? Especially sure. in indie development, a lot of one-man shops. Yep. But uh, music, it's less common for people to also be able to write music, and so you're sort of a, a valuable resource in that area. Um, <laughs> when, and, and when you, you know, when you talk to devs, when you have that sort of shared understanding, is that is that like a moment where you're like, oh, right, we, we're the same.
1: Right. Well, yeah, because it's it's interesting because there, you're right. There are fewer indie devs who feel strong enough in their music skills mm-hmm. to like, to actually do it. And I think it's really cool when they do. Um, but I think it's, it's more common that they would say, I'm also an artist, you know, right. Mm-hmm. And they can do their own art assets. Mm-hmm. Um, and some can, and some can't. And mm-hmm. they're of obviously varying degrees of all those things. Um, but when I'm, when I'm working on, a, on the, the music, I'm, I've been fortunate enough to be trusted to be the expert there. Yeah. Um, while at the same time, uh, being able to say that this just doesn't work, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, that's a matter of taste and taste is subjective, you know, sure. and it's, there's no way that I can say you're making a mistake. This should go in the game. Mm-hmm. It's not my creative vision. And it's that once again, that service aspect, um, it's there to support the entire presentation. Right. Uh, and right. if it's just not working, um, there's no amount of work that will make the developer think that what I think is working is working. If it's not working, we can break down that sentence later.
0: <laughs> that's really the other side of it, which is something I've been I've been really interested to talk to you about. Which is uh, when you provide that service, it is something. Uh, maybe this is a bit loaded, but it's something less than a full collaboration, right? right? Yeah. And that's something that I mean, the, you describe it in such a, a like a positive, additive thing, and I think that's the attitude I think everyone should approach it with. Um, but certainly if you're a person who wants to hire a musician building that relationship, like how do you sort of toe that line between when you have those like arguments, like, yeah. you know, it should work this way or this is the wrong tone for this scene or, yeah. and the dev is like, well, it's my vision. Yep. You know?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And I, maybe I'm alone in this. I don't, I don't think that I am. Uh-huh. Um, Send in uh, your tweets. <laughs> <what>? <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting because I'm obviously more educated than the developer in the music side of things. Yeah. But it's still not my baby, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's it's so personal to them. Um, And it's I feel like it's an honor that I'm able to get to the point where what I made is perfect for that game. You know, I've done my job. It's not just to write great music. I can do that, but it's it's not I don't know, it's not that fun if there's Mm -hmm. nothing for it to go to. Um, I'm not going to be like one of those ivory tower composers who just sits there in college and like makes the newest, <laughs> weirdest thing. Um, and that's like, those people are great. It's just, it's not what I want to do with it. Right. Um, like, I always thought to myself, if I, like, why would anybody do anything other than write music to get paid for it? Like, why would you do that for a job? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, you got to make money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but the. I work very hard to to be authentic and genuine and say, I am serving you with this. And my opinion on if it's good enough or a good enough fit is not as important as yours. Mm-hmm. I want this to work for you. Um, and I will admit that when I really think it's awesome and I'm like, oh, this is so great. They're going to be so excited. And they just say, okay, what else do you have? <laughs> um, <laughs> that like... I prefer that conversation over email because I know that I can't hide that on my face. <laughs> um, but then, five minutes later, I can calm down and remind uh-huh. myself that this can go in my portfolio, and I can, you know, sell it to somebody else. Sure. Um, but it's it's theirs, you know. Right,
0: right, right. And that that re- the your response reflects a level of
1: maturity that is really difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It, well, it, like, but I I know that it's. I know that I personally have felt like you know like a little offended just a little bit uh-huh. um when it wasn't perfect when i knew air quotes <laughs> it was <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. um
1: but it wasn't you know and that's okay uh it's it's a matter of opinion and it's a matter of of one person with a creative vision right um and that's i feel like that's important i don't know i in all the game jams that i've done the best advice i've gotten is put one person in charge and have that one person yeah be making the decisions otherwise it's a too many cooks in the kitchen situation mm-hmm. and, yeah um and I don't want to be the noisy one. I mean, I make the noise, but you know, <laughs> um, I it's it's important to me that that I'm able to serve in that capacity. You know, I mean, it's still a little personal, but that's a part of being a creative person. You know, and providing yeah. service for somebody like that is it's not always going to be exactly what you wanted it to be, mm-hmm. and that's just that's business. You know, <laughs> yeah. Was, as someone
0: who has hired contractors for various projects, like. You're my dream like, <laughs> person to work with because, because like I have a lot of trouble letting go of that if yeah. I am that person, like, and it's you have to kind of put yourself in a space to when you know, particularly if you're working with someone and like there's no, there's not a lot of money involved on in either side, yep. you have to be very uh, free to like if someone's going to give you their time, you need to give them some agency, even if it is your baby, yeah. And so it, the attitude that you have is
1: so like it it allows,
0: it, it allows space for that conversation
1: to happen. Yeah. Which well, is really hard. Well right? because I mean it could right if I say if they say nope, do it again mm-hmm. I could be there forever and it's never good enough. Right, You know and at some point I'd have to walk away. Mm-hmm. Um but I think that that's that you like you said that conversation being able to to happen between the two people or the number of you know people who are working on the game um to be able to say you know let's try something different um but I liked this from this, because I always asked for that specific feedback. Sure, you know, um, And I've, when I've done things like, well, the drums are really cool on this one. Okay, let's keep those. Uh-huh. And we'll put something else over it. Like, it's too busy. It's going to be in a scene for a long time. It can't be super in your face, or else it's going to get you know listener fatigue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that's been something that we've done too. It's is, is kind of compromised on that. Um, but yeah, it's like, I don't know, it's, it's, I'm not doing it for a full-time job. Right, so it's not as critical that, like, like I can take a little bit of, of extra time. Sure, you know, sure. and I've I've been fortunate enough to work on games since vi- they were very early in development. Yeah, um, and that's if anybody's listening and wants to know where you should jump in, jump in as early as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, have a voice in the in the team, um, and I mean, with Verdant Skies, it's been great. Like we've we've talked about, you know, the art style. We've given feedback, and it's. You know, evolved as a group effort, and we've talked about the story, and we've reached out to people mm-hmm. in the community for um, believability of different characters, you know, of different ethnicities and gender expressions, and all these different things. Um, and it's just been its working as a team to kind of make that realism happen um, that I don't think would have happened if it was just the developer, yeah. you know, ask, like doing it all themselves and right, right. expecting everybody else to jump in line. Yeah, we've talked before about how Verdant Skies is like a great project. <laughs> it's
0: really fun. Like Shout out every, to the Course. Everything, everything about it is admirable. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, again, check it out. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. I would like to ask you, Troy, what is your favorite video game soundtrack? My
1: favorite
0: video game soundtrack is on, on the spot
1: Final Fantasy Tactics.
2: Oh, Final Fantasy Tactics. Absolutely. Wow, you were quick on that one. Yeah, right. Yes. Dang. Right there. Okay.
1: Yep. Followed closely by Castlevania Symphony of the Night.
2: Ah, that's a good one. That one I know. It's got
1: some jazz in it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. That's some rock. Yeah. It's, yeah. 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 <laughs> yep. I don't know. Yeah. It's that was Castlevania's actually the first video game soundtrack that I imported from Japan. Oh. Back okay. in like nineteen ninety seven. Wow. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's a so, milestone
0: in the your history of getting serious about it. Right? right? Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: I don't yeah, because I mean my predecessors couldn't Order CDs, right? You know, they were eight-bit little things that I don't know. I would listen to MIDI's too, and it would mm-hmm. drive my parents crazy because it sounded like garbage. Uh-huh. But our computer wasn't good enough to like actually download MP3s, <laughs> <laughs> so it just had these awful little MIDI recreations. Then it was just so great. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
0: cool. Well, we talked a lot of the I guess the soft topics, mm-hmm. but and I warned you about this, but I really want to get into the nuts and bolts. Mm. Like, wh- tell us about your setup. Like, sure. wh- what like when you what's the first thing you do let's say you're, you're writing a, just a, a background loop a score for mm-hmm. a, a scene
1: and you don't have a lot of feedback to start with what's step one um, step one I always try to develop a palette of instruments mm-hmm. um, and like make some decisions about what will be in there and what will not be in there right um, and trying to have one um, project for each track that is you know the same so that I don't go back later and change a bunch of like EQ settings that make uh-huh. it sound really different from the original one. Um, so, I mean, I just I have some templates set up for like here's an electronic mix with a bunch of different, you know. Um, I use a lot of native instruments instruments, um, <laughs> and just like setting, you know, getting a, a strong feel for which instruments I'm going to use first. Right. Um, you know, am I going to include woodwinds? If so, why? If not, why not? Um, strings are universal for. You know, fantasy style games and stuff. Mm-hmm. And even in um, you know, futuristic games they work. Uh and so I'm always, you know, those are always friendly for me. Um, but it's it's sitting down and and getting something. Yeah, you know, like a melody that works for now, um, a chord progression that works. I find I found for a long time that I would really like want this really unique chord progression that was really cool and really effective. Right. Um but you can't patent chord progressions. Like <laughs> they're not patentable, and they are up for grabs. And they are colors. They are like saying, "Oh, I'm going to paint with blue this time." Like, okay, we all have blue. Like we use blue. We're going to use this chord progression, and it's fine. It's it's accepted. Um, and so I don't worry so much about the chord progressions um, because you can always change those later, and you can add some interesting um, like borrowed chords and stuff um, from. You know as you get into it, and you can like really find some moments that could use a little bit of an extra oomph mm-hmm. um but having a melody that works right away um is important i um love to improvise uh that's a really important part of my process is just kind of sitting down and not making any judgment um so I record like I have a digital piano at home, but I've also got a MIDI keyboard that is hooked up to my my d a w um And so having those things recording the whole time to be able to go back and look later and say, oh, this moment was really great. um, Just kind of trying to get into that emotional place Mm -hmm. um, is important for me, but it's hard to suspend all of the music thinking during that to like, like, oh, just this sounds cool instead of, this sounds cool because it's like emphasizing the mediant instead of the dominant or something. (laughs) And it's like... It's hard to get away from that. I'm just like, I don't know, personally a very like, I don't know, I'm an ENTP if you Myers-Briggs all of your guests. Um, but like We'll put that in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's like it, logic is very important for me um, and it's hard to get into that really emotional place uh, and sometimes games require that. Um, a lot of times they do in the best moments in my opinion they're required but um, sometimes it's just, it's it needs to be lighthearted and it needs to be Kind of out of the way, um, a little bit fun. Um, and so it's just kind of trying to get into that place um, and asking for as many of those cues from the developer as possible. Right. Um, what do you want people to feel when they're playing this game? You know, because um, you know, like, it's interesting because when I ask, like, what's this scene like? They always talk about what you see, you know, like, mm-hmm. so it's like a lush jungle in this part and you're doing right. this. And then the question is always, well, what, are, what is the feeling of this part? Like, is, is, your, is the main character lost? Uh, Are they trying to rescue somebody? Is it, you know, um, and just trying to get into that place and kind of tease that out of the developer. Ah. Um, Because sometimes they're just as like analytical and I'm making a (laughs) robot gesture. (laughs) It's it's super effective. (laughs) Uh, But I mean, sometimes they're just as like logical and sequential as I am. uh, And so it doesn't really work too. I don't know, and it's a, especially if you just met somebody. Like, yeah. let's talk about our feelings and right, right. <laughs> how this is going to convey during the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a part of our job, you know. Yeah, and that's what yeah. music does. I mean, it always has, and it always will. It'll it transports people, and so helping to transport them in that way um, is a very soft answer to that question. It was not soft.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, you covered it. I mean, I think that's sure. like because. That, it it comes back to the having that shared language yeah. with the person you're working with, yeah, um, and that's
1: that's great. Yeah, and so I try for my the music to stand on its own uh, to send it to them without any real um, like qualifications and just say, does uh-huh. this, you know, how's this? Does this work? Yes or no. Um, if it does, great. If it doesn't, we can dig into it and ask why not. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially if I'm giving them more than one option, because um, there's very music things like theory things that you can do to make it more of what they wanted uh if you didn't get it right on the first pass um or you could just scrap it and start over you know right. and get into an entirely different place mm-hmm. uh, and then you can kind of start to triangulate between those two points until you're at that destination like oh yes this is exactly what i was talking about sure there's one one game i was working on um where the developer said i don't know this just sounds too upbeat like it's too mm-hmm. happy and so i like I did some tempo changes, I did some less aggressive drums, and he's Mm -hmm. he's like, it's just, I don't know, it's just too positive, too happy. And I was like, well, I can make it, I can turn it into a minor key. And he's like, I don't know what that means. I was like, okay, (laughs) just let me do this. And then I changed all the E's to E flats and Mm -hmm. all those things. And it just, he was like, yeah, this is great. I'm like, (laughs) I don't have to throw it completely away. right? Uh, right. It was just in the wrong mode, Mm -hmm. you know.
0: You keep a lot of those, like, leftover scraps
1: then? Like, (sighs) I. Too many of them. Remember, how I was talking about like, oh my god, I can't believe I wrote that. Yeah, that's <laughs> whole, like, I don't know. I'm picturing that Harry Potter Hall of Memories. Like, ah, all those man. little bits are things that didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can. Um, no, it's it's interesting because um, well, this was not nice. My computer got stolen in the middle of a project once. Oh, oh. I know. House got broken into is awful. Ah, uh, so I lost some of it, not all of it. So. Um, it was tough to like try to recreate some of it because it was working, and I just didn't right. like duplicate it like mm. you should. Um, <laughs> so I learned that lesson. I, Everyone learns I that lesson once, things, yeah. like, right? It's like, what if my hard drive fails? Your hard drive is going to fail. Yeah. Like, don't <laughs> even think that it won't. Um, yeah, but like, it's I do keep them, and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like so you
0: don't I mean you keep them, but you they're archived you don't really yeah. you don't go back into them very much
1: no there are some that i've um i've repurposed mm-hmm. you know, and for game jams and stuff like I work very hard on those like mm-hmm. i don't i don't try to do any half effort on any of that stuff um but it just didn't turn into anything bigger than a game jam game yeah nobody's pushing it or publicizing it, nobody owns it except me. it was all for kind of a collaborative effort, and so mm-hmm. those are still mine um and I've been able to put them on like my demo reel and stuff because they were good.
0: Yeah, cool, awesome. We've gotten a lot of great information, but there is uh, listeners may find hard to believe even more to you. Mm. Yes, there, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your business, your new project?
1: Oh yeah, um, so. In, I teach at a charter school in Minneapolis called Venture Academy mm-hmm. um, where we build entrepreneurs by developing the independent scholarship and leadership of young people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so You got that memorized. I do. <laughs> uh, I'm also on the board, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really fun. I, so I teach in the makerspace. Uh, we do robotics and woodworking and web design and music production. A mm-hmm. um, whole bunch of different things. And uh, Part of that was um, we went to a startup weekend EDU, which was like a 48-hour start-a-business idea from scratch and try to build it and you know, perfect it. Um, and so it started as a student-centered crowdfunding platform, um, and it evolved from Student Solve, which was what my eighth-grade students you know, pitched at the weekend, and we won, which is really cool. Um, and then it kind of evolved into a, um, an entirely different crowdfunding platform called Raiseable, mm-hmm. uh, which is um, AI chatbot-led crowdfunding, where you um, talk to our, our messenger bot named Max, Uh, And he builds your entire crowdfunding campaign. Um, He directs you for your video. He stitches it all together. And then you've got a crowdfunding platform that's complete with secure Stripe payments. And um, you can share it with all your friends. And uh, it's, yeah, it's really cool. We're kind of rethinking um, the whole website-based crowdfunding model. Yeah. um, Putting it completely in Messenger because it's getting bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. Um, People are scared of it. But, (laughs) you know, it's... The future. Yeah, yeah. it sounds
2: uh, like a very useful pro- uh, program for game developers. Yeah, sure. we've
1: talked with um, some local game developers about mm-hmm. like ideal use cases for it, um, and some of them agreed that it wouldn't really take place with Kickstarter. Um, but we're kind of looking at it as like a pre Kickstarter, um, pre equity crowdfunding kind of thing. Oh, sure. Um, where you can kind of get some early validation. You can offer mm-hmm. some like discounts on future um rewards and stuff you can kind of hit up your friends and family easily without yeah. like you know writing a letter <laughs> yeah. and sharing a link and saying hey this is really cool it's a 30 second video that i made mm-hmm. um it allows for um collaborative uh fundraising where each person can have their own video so that they can share that with their personal networks with their face on it connected wow. to the larger campaign um it, it can you can do some friendly competition you can um champion a, a campaign and say i really like this I'm going to put a video in the front of it and say, "Hey, my friend Martha is doing a crowdfunding campaign for this awesome thing. Uh, you need to go back her." And then it shows her video, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. So wow, wow. that's, a, you know, that's it's so cool. <laughs> it's like that addresses one of the
0: main problems with crowdfunding platforms, which is a lot of those that first smallest network that you start with mm-hmm. is friends and family and and like, and like colleagues. Mm-hmm. And you talk to them in a different way yeah. than Kickstarter expects you to talk to the people you want to raise money from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it sounds like you've basically cracked <laughs> how, to, how to make that work.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> exciting stuff. Yeah, it well, sounds yeah.
0: very adaptable too.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're,
1: we want to just kind of put it out in the world. Um, we've got our first big beta project coming up next month with mm-hmm. a high school choir here in town. Um, we'd like to see kind of what people use it for. Um, we take a lot of inspiration from YouTube. Not that we're going to be the next YouTube, but uh, YouTube was originally a dating site until a group of uh, aviation enthusiasts really picked it up, and we're like, "Oh my gosh, we can share videos really easily of huh. all of our flights." And so, like ninety percent of the people using YouTube were not people seeking other people, but like sharing the aviation videos.
2: Wow! And so huh. it evolved
1: from dating into something completely different. Right? Um, wow! So we just had an easy way to do it, and so we're excited to see where the community takes it so um, we're looking for beta testers and uh, you can go to raisable.co co to check out more and if you want to help shape what it becomes yeah. it seems like mm-hmm. yeah we're looking, get looking in for, early get in um,
2: on the ground floor yeah we're looking
1: for um, really w- what we can provide for the community mm-hmm. um, if you've ever tried a crowdfunding platform campaign and it didn't work or it did but this was challenging for you uh, whatever we can do to help make that an easier process um, we want to know what the, what the community wants so
0: Wow, that's fantastic. Well, Troy, yeah.
1: thank you so much for taking the time
0: joining us and yeah. teaching us a few interesting things. Yeah. <laughs> that's our show. If you haven't already, subscribe to Nice Games Club in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to give it a good review if you liked it or are nice like us. It's incredibly important for new shows like ours to get noticed, so please spread the word. We also want to hear directly from you, so follow us on Twitter and all the other things at Nice Games Club. Let us know how we're doing, send us your topics, and ask us your questions. Lastly, you can find out more about the show, your nice hosts, and our nice guests, as well as all the links and notes from this episode at nicegames.club. So until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice.